Here we go. Another happy Friday to everybody out there. Welcome in, my friends, my Nudge fans. I'm here with the one and only Mac underscore Gamble. <laughs> Highlight on the underscore. My name is Phil Bean. We're two of the founders of Nudge Coach and happy to share another Nudge Coach happy hour with you guys. Um, it's for, for record keeping. It's May 14th. I can't believe it's already May 14th, but um, Mac, how's it going over in your neck of the woods? Good. Good. Been an interesting week. I think we took us a while to kind of get the topic ready for today. It uh, you, Sometimes it just kind of flows out of us and we said so much to talk about. And today we really had to kind of weave a few weeks of, of conversations together into, a, I think, a more cohesive topic is maybe a good way to put it. <laughs> it's the way it goes sometimes. So you guys, a little behind the scenes view, pulling back the curtain a little bit. So Mac and I literally connect right before this call and are like, all right, what do we talk about with people this week? And, you know, whatever's come up in kind of the world of online coaching or coaching in general, um, we jump into and, you know, hitting a new topic every week is interesting. So we had to had to like you like you said, Mac, pull together some ideas from different areas, and and I think we're going to dig into some interesting stuff though as a result. Yeah. And bounce around a little bit. Well, I think it's one of those things where you know you're only so many days in a week, only so many conversations you can have, and I think sometimes it takes a few weeks to spot kind of a trend, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of what happened today. Is as we're talking about the topic for today, kind of had to look through multiple weeks of conversations to kind of pick up on something. So. Yeah, definitely interesting. So. Yep. And it is a little more challenging these days. We've got a lot going on, you know, um, going into rounds of investment, a lot of conversations going on. Um, so, you know, Mac over there is is trying to juggle a lot of things. Um, I'm enjoying having conversations. With different, all conversations. Yeah. different conversations. Different conversations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> having to be on your toes to answer different types of questions for sure as we continue to grow this thing. Um, so I guess the question that everyone is probably wondering is what did you guys land on to talk about? There's actually no topic. We're just going to tiptoe around the idea of no topic. No, no, no. I think the today, based on the conversations over the past few weeks, it we're, we're going to kind of circle back on the whole going into corporate, because I think what we've seen is through a handful of weeks, some questions, some pitfalls. And I think it's more from the standpoint of you know, what, what are the steps or the considerations as you're starting to, to step into the corporate world of coaching? So if, for instance, if you were someone, and we see, we see this a lot. So a lot of, I'd say a lot of our partners that we work with, a lot of conversations we have with, with coaches and coaching businesses, maybe have started through one-to-one, you know, maybe kind of building a foundation, getting some, getting some use cases, testimonials, and then they try to transition into corporate because they say, hey, bigger revenue, you know, huge opportunity over here. Maybe they have some relationships that help them get in the door and do a company or two. So it's one of those things where it totally makes sense. And I think what we've seen over the past few weeks, some questions come up, some considerations, some things, maybe some coaches or coaching businesses weren't, weren't aware of as they were trying to make that transition and go into that, or maybe things we've just had come up in conversations that were good for everyone to be aware of. So, yeah. yeah, no, it's very true. And, and, you know, I had, I was even pushing back on you a little bit as we were talking about this before the episode. Cause I'm like, what, what, what all are we going to talk about here? This isn't our like area of expertise or anything, but we do have enough conversations with you'd be, 
I don't know if you would be surprised. I'm not you. You may or may not be surprised to know that a heck of a lot of the coaches who are just serving consumer audiences when we start working with them eventually as they grow, at least tinker with the idea of, like you said, kind of making that transition and making that leap. And I think you nailed it. I mean, part of it is just the the big carrot that's dangled there, right? Is like one source of a lot of potential revenue. Yeah. Um, which is definitely attractive, but yeah, I mean, let's, let's dig in. I mean, to, to some of these hurdles, I would think is probably where we're starting, right? Some of the mm-hmm. hurdles that to think about things to think about things that you can run into. And I mean, the first thing that comes to mind as just me and the kind of person I am when I think about this, especially, mm-hmm. you know, us doing what we do, having <laughs> been running this kind of small company from startup to where we are now, um, and enjoying that ride is that a oh, corporate means a lot of red tape and what all does that mean? Um, so that's probably where my head yeah. goes first. Where, where do you go first when you think? Well, about I, I think it's worth touching on that for a minute because I think, you know, and we're not, we're not, you know, we're not attorneys. We're not legal experts in this, in this side of things, but it's something we have to be aware of because of what we do for sure. Yeah. I, you know, this is one of the things I would certainly encourage anyone to start exploring and looking. If you're trying to go into corporate, be aware there's definitely red tape and if you're more on the health side of things it's going to mean one thing if you're not in the health side data privacy as everyone knows at this point is just it's it's all over the news it's topic at you know it's it's the you know it's the thing that's everywhere at this point it's ubiquitous we're all talking about it every company's focused on it so it's something where just be ready. You're going to have to answer data privacy questions if you're going to go into this world. And the larger the organization, the more stringent it's going to be. I know for some of our partners or um, our partners, customers, we're usually involved in, you know, some of their questionnaires they have to fill out. Um, so maybe we start here for, for a minute and just kind of touch on on the health side, kind of what's there, non-health, some other things, and maybe mm-hmm. a couple places to point people to learn more because as as you have said although you did take the LSAT so you're more qualified than I am to talk about this probably but um does that make me more qualified than you (laughs) probably not but you're one step closer to being an attorney than I am so we'll put it that way um well I guess once upon a time so to start what are maybe some of the the things to to be aware of um let's start with maybe the health side with um HIPAA, for anyone that's not familiar, Phil, what is it? The Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. Um, no, let's not let's not use big words. That's not where you want to start with this. You just need to know what HIPAA is generally. Um, it is a data protection law that's been around for, for quite a while, since the 90s in the U.S. And if you are doing any kind of, kind of personal health information gathering, um, in the corporate environment, you're probably going to have to answer some questions around this. Yeah. Um, so it's at least a good thing to have in mind as you start kind of phasing into mm-hmm. steps where you might want to approach a corporate, depending on what you're doing. Obviously, if it's not health and fitness focused or health and wellness focused, or even, I mean, really it only gets essential if you're really getting to, into even kind of wellness that, that borders on some medical information. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it is something in most wellness situations that at least is going to come up in conversation. So you want to be ready to answer it. Um, you know, the general questions are, are you handling people's 
personal information appropriately, meaning are you keeping them secure? Um, do you have the right procedures in place? Which is, you'd be surprised how much of these laws are just procedural as much as, you know, mm -hmm. kind of the data security side of it. You think it's like this web of magic happening behind the scenes, but what you can really handle day to day and be careful about is making sure you have kind of the procedural stuff in place to deal with it and just understand the basics. So, you know, if you have things on paper, keep the pieces of paper away in a drawer that's locked or mm -hmm. um, filed away, whatever. So, you know, you never have any information face up. If it's digital stuff, you know, make sure that no one has access to any of that information. Um, and, you know, you're being careful about making sure people are opting into everything that they're doing. Um, these are just some basics mm -hmm. kind of principles you want to be working from. And obviously that depends on kind of if you're, if you're partnering with a platform like, you know, like Nudge or you're looking at other ones, do they check that box? Are they capable of allowing you to run a program that could be HIPAA secure? Yeah. Um, and this is an important point that you mentioned before this that I often forget, but just because you use a platform that can be HIPAA compliant does not mean you are thus HIPAA compliant by using them. Mm -hmm. um, this, this definitely comes up a lot. So I'd say yeah. in, like I said, we're, we're not giving legal advice here, but just be aware that if you're going into corporate, start doing research, talk to an attorney about HIPAA compliance. If you're on the health side, there's other, to your point, it's a lot of procedural stuff, but there's some contractual things to it as well. You have yep. you know, business associate agreements, things like that, going through internal trainings each year. Um, I know, I think Accountable HQ, which which we use for some mm -hmm. of our resources, um, which I think is just accountablehq.com. That's right. And that's right. going to be kind of a resource to kind of keep your team members in there, make sure they're doing regular HIPAA, HIPAA training if that's something mm -hmm. you need to do based on the contracts that you're uh, going for. Um, yeah. So good resource. Um, also handles, would give you kind of some templates for some um, policy stuff that's mm -hmm. going to be important to have in place, really going to make you look buttoned up. Most mm -hmm. of going into co corporate or preparing to go into corporate, I feel like is this preparation to check all these boxes and appear to be as buttoned yep. up as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. That's really it. In every, I'd say thinking about to the partners we work with, I think every single company, you know, every single company's questionnaire is different, right? You, you're usually yeah, touching yeah. on a lot of the same things, but it's, it's, everyone's is different. So it's just one of those things where, I think getting those pieces in place to your point on the front end before you go in there is going to be important and start doing the research now. So proceed, yeah, yeah. definitely get the procedures in place, you know, get documentation, so on and so forth. So that's our non-legal advice for getting started with legal considerations and compliance considerations. <laughs> I think it's just more of being, you know, having, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And hopefully we just kind of gave you a sense of, oh crap, there's, there's an area I really don't know. And I need to go ask somebody about it. Cause I think that is something we see a lot of is not, not being aware that, you know, companies are doing some wellnessy things that are more consumer focused, trying to go into corporate and realizing, Hey, things are a little bit different, like not realizing things are a little bit different. You got to handle things in a bit of a different way. So, mm -hmm. so something to touch on. Um, every company, country now has different sort of, I guess, depending on where you're listening to this, um, yeah. I think different company, uh, countries are coming out with new things, um, you know, GDPR in Europe. Um, just be aware of kind of wherever you are, there's probably a, some kind of new flavor of data privacy that you just need to be aware of. 
Yep. Yeah. I mean, not to complicate things, but even in the US, I mean, California has their unique mm -hmm. legislation. Um, so um, these are just things you want to be ready to do a Google search on, make sure you understand and have some conversations with some people who know what they're doing there. Um, that's, that's definitely the place to start. Um, GDPR is an interesting one. Like the, things like GDPR, are just broader data privacy laws. So it's mm -hmm. not specifically health information. It's just, how are you handling personal information? Yep. Um, yep. And really puts a lot of, I think the, the difference with GDPR, at least from like HIPAA, which of course is obviously a health focused law, but from a data protection side is generally that, you know, there's just more emphasis put on that the end user themselves has the final say on what happens yep. to their data data. So if, you know, you have someone in corporate company, a in, you know, continental Europe who wants that their data deleted, you have to be able to delete that data and get mm -hmm. rid of it um, when they request that. It's that kind of stuff. The, um, the, so the, the user is the owner of the data at this point. Is that safe to say? That's a, a gross generalization, I'm sure. We're going to get a letter from like a health privacy, mm -hmm. health data. Or no, we are very, like I said, data. we are just sharing with people <laughs> questions to start asking yourself more than anything yeah. else. So, so do some Googling on GDPR if that's relevant to you mm -hmm. if you're in, in Europe or serving individuals who are in Europe, yep. I guess is what's the important question there. Yep. I think the big thing, just be aware as you go into corporate data, privacy will come up. Just be prepared as that comes up. Yep. Um, the next thing we, we talked to, and there's kind of several different things we had in this list of kind of preparing as you go into corporate. Um, I think one was white labeling um, and because this comes up a lot. And I think it's something where probably worth touching on, maybe touching on some different opportunities or options that are out there, what it is, making sure everyone's kind of on the same page, why it's important. Um, what it means, so on and so forth. So maybe as a starting point, let's just to make sure we're all on the same page. What is white labeling? How do we want to, how do you want to define this one for, the, for, the, <laughs> for all three audience members? All three of you guys. So um, white labeling, basically your ability to custom brand um, your version of a platform. So if you're using some kind of software or platform to serve uh, this corporate population or even the consumer population that you're working with, um, you could typically use a kind of out of the box version of that platform that's branded mm -hmm. like nudge coach. You sign in at nudgecoach.com. You have your clients <laughs> download the nudge for clients app. That's kind of out of the box. It's not branded. Right. Um, but we, for example, can also produce a custom branded version of our iPhone and Android native apps mm -hmm. for you. Um, and you could, um, go out with those and, present them as, as your own. And that's going to help you actually. And, and as I think why you brought this up is that's going to be helpful in conversations with a, a potential corporate client. Um, because again, you're going to check that box of looking very buttoned up and like you have your own thing. Um, so you're really ready to serve them. You're not, you're not having to go in and say, have the conversation of, Oh yeah, we're, you know, we're the corporate wellness business, uh, dot com, but we use the nudge platform. So your client, your, um, employees would have to download the nudge for clients platform or app if they wanted mm -hmm. to connect with our, our coaches or whatever. Um, that's just not going to kind of have the same ring to it or sound as appealing or like you're really ready to serve, mm -hmm. um, a corporate audience. If you have to go in with that kind of pitch. Um, so, White labeling is, I think, uniquely important in that regard for corporate. But I mean, there are a lot of other benefits to having kind of your own uh, yeah. your own apps as well. So 
I think what I know in the conversations I have with partners, usually um, when I come in and they're, you know, we have conversations that are maybe considering white labeling. As soon as they say, hey, we're starting to go into corporate, I say, hey, look, I know what's going to happen. If, we, if you decide not to white label today, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> You're going to come back to us in three months and say, I wish I had done it then. So I tend to find exactly that point. I tend to find that that once you're going to corporate, I think white labeling from a perception um, perception standpoint is massive. I think it helps provide some, um, I think, comfort to an organization that maybe you're not fly by night, a little bit more established. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's something that just really to be thoughtful to, because to your point, I think from a user experience perspective, it just feels like it's all much more of kind of one cohesive solution, not something that's kind of a, a someone coming in with kind of bit part solutions and very fragmented offering or anything like that. So I think half of it is just perception. And it's, yeah. it's funny to say that, but it's kind of like the cost to play the game almost in that space. So it really is. I mean, even if you're going in with like, you know, some a leadership coaching offering, you're like, you know, download the Steve's leadership coaching app. And they're like, Whoa, you have your own app. That's awesome. Um, it it can really create a a different type of perception out of the gate there. Um, something that could be perceived as a a weakness otherwise, Oh, I have to download this other app. That's kind of weird. Immediately is like, Oh, wow. You have your own app. That's really impressive (laughs) right out of the gate. The friction point in onboarding too. I, I do tend to find that's the really big kind of universal, yeah. I think, benefit is, you know, having those conversations with customers, the same impact, the, the same thing happens with mm-hmm. individual clients that you're signing up. Um, even if you're working with consumers, it's just that like, wow, okay, uh, this is kind of a white glove experience. I'm really getting my own thing here. Um, and you are clearly like legit. <laughs> you have yeah, your own yeah. uh, custom apps here. So um it is a huge boost from the perception perspective. And also it's just smoother to have conversation with either an individual client or a corporate customer and say, all you're going to do is go download my app. Mm-hmm. Um, just search for me in the app store. I'll pop up right there. You download it. We'll be connected. And mm-hmm. We can start working together from there. Yep. So we, we kind of threw a list together coming into this. So I know we've got a blog post on our website that's got some some different solutions out there in the coaching world but i think white label is a little bit different i know we're going to work on a new blog post for this this be a good good way to maybe highlight um handful of different options if you're thinking about white labeling different things to consider um because i think every platform is a little bit different so you know some of you may be using our platform nudge coach um you know that's great i think for some use cases it's probably going to be your best bet in others you know maybe something else is a little bit better i think at the end of the day you got to have to kind of match with what you're trying, you know, with what your offering is and what it needs and where, where you're taking your business. But let's kind of touch on maybe a handful real quick. And I know we kind of threw a list together coming, coming into this. Um, Cause keep in mind, um, white labeling too, there's, there's some things to keep in mind here. And I've actually have had a conversation before with a, with a customer of ours that kind of got duped on the white label pitch. So just to make sure we're all speaking the same language here. Um, I have heard of companies selling i'm saying quote unquote selling so if you're watching the youtube once again you get to see air quotes oh my god highlighting the video um but selling white label offerings which um what they're essentially not really saying is it's a web-based app that you know you essentially have the users bookmark the website to their home screen on their phone therefore giving it an icon on the phone which 
is a very convoluted way to do it and is also very misleading. So I will say that that, that is not what we're touching on. So this is a list of platforms that we're aware of around this space for online coaching that actually do white label, meaning that you have a standalone app in the app store. So should we we pause to shame those platforms? (laughs) Yeah. Take, take a minute to shame anyone who, and I, I don't think it's the company. I think it's probably bad actor sales folk who do it because I, I, I I can see how that's very easy to pull on somebody. I could absolutely see that. So um, if uh, you know, if you're someone in that world who's fallen victim to that, I, I apologize, but want to make sure we're on the same page here. So touching on a couple real quick. So I, I've got kind of several different buckets, if you will, as a starting point, you know, nudge coach, uh, we kind of touched on, um, which, which is obviously ours. I don't know, Phil, you want to kind of give a, a quick rundown for anyone who's not familiar with our platform first, and then we'll kind of touch on a few of these others. Yeah. If you're listening, hopefully you know right now, but um, yeah. Go to nudgecoach.com. You can create your own coaching app, basically customize what you would want your clients to see in their client experience, mm-hmm. um, deliver your programming day-to-day dripped into the app, uh, make it easier for people to track and stay compliant and accountable on the go mm-hmm. um, and engage those people either individually or as groups yeah. through the whole journey. Um, that's a quick high level. Yep. That's, I thought that was a good rundown. Good, yeah. quick rundown, because this is not designed to be a sales pitch. Didn't for us. want to so make it a sales pitch. Kept you to seven <laughs> seconds, so you did a good job there. All right, so let's talk about some of these other ones real quick. So if you're if you're more, um, I've got a couple that are more kind of health and fitnessy to start with, so that I know, and keep in mind, there's other platforms out there. We're just talking about the white labeling piece for a minute. Yep. Um, one platform, uh, Trainerize, obviously more for kind of personal training. Yep. Um, uh, you could also throw mind, mind body in there in the personal training world. Both of those platforms do white labeling trainerize more for the personal training side of things. Uh, those one-to-one interactions, the accountability um, mind body used by a lot of different companies, obviously for more of the kind of the scheduling, the payments um, mm-hmm. or, you know, around running a fitness or wellness business. Those are two companies to be aware of. If you're going into corporate um, I think if, probably some very specific use cases in which you'd maybe consider one of those. And it's funny, we do talk to some corporate populations or some companies that have like their own on-site facilities. So I think if you had like an on-site fitness facility, one of those could be an interesting option for you. Um, So something to be thinking about. Um, The, another one in the health was Embody 360. I think I heard they actually got acquired by somebody. So I don't, I don't completely know. Um, Had you heard that? True. Um, yeah. our bad to embody 360, if that isn't true, but, um, we haven't, I, I personally haven't come across them a lot lately. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's part of the reason, but I know yeah. the platform's still out there. I think the website's still up. Um, they're kind of a little bit more on the health side. So you're, you're, yeah. I think we saw them a lot in private medical practices, stuff like that. So that's, yeah. that's one to maybe consider. Um, the other ones though, I think there's a kind of a new wave of platform popping up too, which we, we kind of our platform kind of hovers in a little bit, but I think there's some new ones coming up just worth noting on uh, that are more on the community-based side. So if you're doing a lot of community group-based programming, something to be aware of. Um, So touch on a few real quick. Mighty Networks, um, Discipline, and Passion.io are three that I think in a lot of ways I would kind of group together. I think they're largely a lot of overlap, would you say? Yeah, I think so. And these are going to be a little bit better for like just broader community management, not mm-hmm. designed for coaching for sure for that relationship. Um, but 
typically better for kind of maybe managing a membership or managing a community and just kind of delivering content to that community in general. Mm -hmm. um, so that'd be, what was it? It was Mighty Networks, Disciple and Passion. Passion. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Good options. You can, you can white label mm -hmm. them. Um, pretty, pretty legit white label offerings. It looks like on all three. Um, yeah. So yeah. Good so what, and keep in mind too, though, back to kind of the first topic we touched on with this that doesn't necessarily mean all of them are going to be appropriate for you and your use case going into corporate and right. you need to check to see you know if for some you know if you're someone who needs HIPAA compliance some of these may be HIPAA compliant not. options or sign business associate agreements with you some may some won't i know we've um, had to switch up some platforms we've looked at before previously because of that so it's just something for you and your business. Be aware, ask the question. It's an important piece. Um, so I think those are a handful of platforms that we touched on. Nudge Coach, touch on Trainerize and Body360. We touched on, uh, we mentioned MindBody just because I think it's it's relevant, especially with payments and scheduling. Uh, Mighty Networks, Discipline and Passion. So uh, Passion.io. So I think some interesting ones out there, obviously find what's best for your business. Um, the The last thing we touched on kind of part three, if you will. So transition to part three was <laughs> even thinking a little bit just for a couple minutes on the model as you're going into corporate. So yep. if you were having right now, if you've been doing a lot of B2C stuff, meaning that you're doing a lot of kind of one-to-one -one offerings, you know, direct to consumers, um, and you're now wanting to kind of venture into the corporate world, a um, little bit different. So different considerations. I don't know, Phil, anything you want to start with on that? Yeah. Um, well, for one, you know, you you're gonna have a little less control going into say, you know, if you're rolling out a program and, and, you know, starting to grow kind of a consumer facing, uh, experience, um, you know, you can kind of tinker with the model and just put it out there and it is what it is, right. People buy in or they don't, um, entering some larger kind of corporate initiatives and, and populations, you know, you're going to have conversations where you're going to have to go in with something that feels a little bit more like the beginnings of sort of a, a discussion draft, right. Mm -hmm. Um, where you have a kind of a starting point where you may create sort of a tiered model that you go in with and say, Hey, I can work with this many people for this much um, and kind of create that form, that initial pitch. And then you kind of have to be flexible from there typically. Wouldn't you say Mike? Yeah, it's definitely don't go in there thinking you're just going to be kind of rolling with the same model of like one-to-one -one. as a person yeah. needs you. They're going to, yeah, like that's, that's not how this game is going to go. Um, probably going to be some kind of maybe a, a bulk pricing of some kind. Maybe they're paying for, um, you know, up to X number of uh, coached individuals at a time, mm -hmm. or maybe it's, it's based on, maybe it is based on utilization potentially, but it's all through, you know, you you have generally, you're going to have the relationship with the organization who's paying you, not necessarily the employees themselves. That said, I have seen some situations where a organization has allowed um, a coach or a nutritionist, some kind of expert to come in during maybe a health fair of some kind and has, a, you know, or to do some kind of uh, lunch and learn something along yep. those lines. And from that conversation, they did allow the coach, nutritionist, dietitian, whoever it was to potentially, you know, use that as to build a relationship with potential clients and kind of handle that relationship as well separately. But I think in general, if you're selling into the corporate space, you're going to be contractually have a relationship with that company mm -hmm. and just be aware it's probably going to be based on some kind of collaborative program you're putting together with them or some kind of 
group pricing. Um, so it'd be, it will be a little bit different. So you're not going to be um, necessarily going about it the same way. But I'd also say too, keep in mind with numbers, you know, sometimes I think people assume, hey, I charge X for one person. Therefore, as I go into an organization um, and they're paying for more people, I need to discount that pricing and it's bulk pricing. Well, keep, keep in mind, going into an organization, uh, there's a mantra I heard regarding enterprise software that I really appreciated. It was that idea that you know, enterprise sales come with like enterprise problems. So it, it's one of those things where the offering you're putting together for a corporate population may be a little bit different. It may, may be higher value in some ways, maybe lower value. Who knows? It's, it depends on you. But it's one of those things where don't think you just out of the box say, hey, I'm charging $100 a month per client. Now I'm going into a corporate population and they're paying for 15 or 20 clients. Therefore, <laughs> I'm just discounting because you may be doing something a little bit different with them. You may have to provide, you may have to report out to them. Yep. You may have to do some other administrative things on that side that maybe are more cost for you. So just consider that as you're thinking about your model going into corporate. Yeah, I would definitely factor that in. Um, you know, that typically you're going to start from a point where there may be some flexibility in the term, in the number of like actual individuals that you end up working with out of the gate. Um, so I would say leave room for some margin, if that makes sense, um, around the edges. Cause like you said, you know, you're going to have to think about, um, getting back to kind of the red tape and the bureaucracy. Okay. Who am I reporting back to? What do they need? Is that unique? Something that I don't, it's definitely going to be something you don't typically do with a consumer audience. I'll tell you that, um, the way you're going to be reporting out to those people, kind of population metrics, um, how conversations are going, how many people you're working with. What are they doing? How are they changing? Mm -hmm. Do you have any data on that? Um, you're going to want a strategy for how you kind of present that back. Um, so yeah, could be some extra stuff. Um, but if you get into those conversations and, and the way we typically, or, you know, I shouldn't say typically, <laughs> but a lot of times here, how this progresses is you kind of find an initial touch point, get in, have a meeting, mm -hmm. maybe initially pitch the idea of doing kind of a you know, a, a lunch and learn or something like that, like you mentioned, Mac, some type of presentation to the group, um, kind of establish yourself as someone mm -hmm. who's known and a thought leader and leader and someone who, who people trust in the organization. And then you get to the phase of, you know, whether it's a pilot or a first phase mm -hmm. contract that you get into. Um, so you kind of work this out through the process. That's why we kind of termed it a discussion draft going in the door, right? Um, that you end up presenting when you actually get to a model. But um, yeah, there's going to be other considerations that you're going to be asked to at least probably cover. And if they don't, that's fine. You can focus on the coaching and that'll be a delight for you. But I would imagine a lot of times there are going to be some extra hurdles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So something to think about as you're going into that world. So quick recap. All right. Quick recap. Talked about data privacy concerns, just kind of making sure you do some research on the front end, be aware of some of those things you're going to have to know as you go into that world depending on what type of coaching you're doing. Um, so everyone's a little bit different. What they're going to be asked may be a little bit different as well. Um, platform in general and kind of white labeling, value of white labeling where it fits in. Um, as we mentioned, huge thing to consider. Ultimately, we see it's a, it, it generally can really grease the gears, I think, as you're going in. I think it removes some of the hesitation. Um, but I think it's, it's kind of a perception thing more than anything else, but something to be aware of. I think that's typically the time I tell partners when you're thinking about when's the right time for me to transition from kind of a, a branded platform or kind of a company branded platform to my own going into corporate, I tend to find it's kind of that point. Um, and then also too, 
pricing model, just the way you're going to go about it, the way you're going to monetize. Don't think it's just bulk pricing, maybe a little bit different. Maybe it is the same, maybe it's not. So things to consider. But what else? It seems like those, those were the primary three things we're going to dive in. Yep. I think we got it. Like I said, it was a little bit of a grab bag, but I think we did keep it kind of on that corporate topic. So kudos, kudos, Mac. Woo. Woo. for Mac. Oh God, we got to come up with a new topic for next week, don't we? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Hope there's some really good, interesting meetings on the docket. So if uh, maybe I'm just going to need some people here to book calls with me so we can talk about some interesting things for next Friday. That's right. Just give Mac a call at, uh, yeah, no, here. Here's my phone number. <laughs> um, Yep. So I think let's, uh, we'll see what next week brings us, but hopefully anyone who's going into corporate, hopefully this was helpful. If there's other things you think to touch on, shoot us a note, anything we left out, um, we'll touch on it. And certainly uh, what's the email address again, Phil? Just email me, phil at nudgecoach.com. Um, you know, the, the podcast email address was coming to me anyway. So I'm just throwing it out there. Fire away guys. Um, also, speaking of, I've gotten some good emails recently. I appreciate those, especially the ones that call Mac, Mr. Underscore. Um, keep those coming. I've also gotten to spin the little discount wheel um, for you podcast listeners who, who mentioned that you found out about us through the podcast or that you're a podcast mm-hmm. listener. We have a little like kind of, it's not a huge discount. Um, it could go badly for you, but I'm going to spin a discount wheel for you if you want, um, because you're a podcast listener and you may get five percent you may get no discount you may get 15 percent. whatever oh we'll man <laughs> that's really interesting <laughs> you have to opt in guys if you if you if you say you know i want you to spin the wheel phil you have to understand that one of those choices is going to be phil chooses and i obviously want you to pay more for i'm just kidding <laughs> i wouldn't do that quadruple pricing no <laughs> we wouldn't have a very good audience or a very engaged audience now i guess so but yeah, no, we appreciate everyone who listens. So it's one of those things, if you ever hop on calls and either one of us is on there, make sure you mention that. Um, definitely appreciate it. And also do want to always make sure we're connecting with the audience. So That's right. All right, guys. Well, appreciate it. And again, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the good stuff, and also our YouTube channel. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts to watch some videos. And uh, we'll see you again next week. <laughs>